It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Go Birds Podcast, numero five. Uh, that is now we're bilingual and, uh, it's the uh, post game show from the Patriots and the Eagles and boy, did the Patriots feel like they needed to go out and win that one. Congratulations to them. I guess, unfortunately it doesn't change the score of the Super Bowl, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we're glad that you can join us, whether you're listening to us on radio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or basically wherever you get your fine uh, podcast out there in the internet. It's James Seltzer, how are you doing this morning, sir? First of all, go birds. Go birds. And uh, I'm doing well, man. I, uh, I've i seen a lot of consternation, a lot of, a lot of worry last night. I am... Uh I am not, so I think we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not overly concerned about much of anything last night. In fact, some things really did stick out and, uh, and were very impressive. And I'll, I'll start there. I think. I mean, Ronald Darby one knows that he's kind of up against it, and obviously he's playing for a contract, whether it's here or anywhere else. He looked phenomenal last mm-hmm. night. I mean, there is. Uh, they call that, you know, uh, shadowing, and he was shadowing literally everybody. Every turn, every little hitch, he was all over the place. I was really impressed by Ronald Darby, and I think people are going to uh, understand this more and more. I know we've talked about him a lot in this offseason, but you put him and, and Jalen Mills or eventually Sidney Jones or whatever, that's why I'm still, obviously, for this season, apprehensive. But I'm even, I got into a conversation with a good friend, Todd, from South Philly, who was enjoying uh, some of the atmosphere down at Chickie and Pizza. We want to thank them for housing us last night. But um, I don't know if I want the Eagles to even consider not re-signing Ronald Darby. I know that's going to be really tough once you get into 2020 and 19 and once you have to pay Carson Wentz. But if Ronald Darby ends up, if all this transfers over to the regular season, how would you not want 
the, the the best corners playing for this football team. Yeah, look, you know, for a long time, I have been beating the Ronald Darby is way better than a lot of Eagles fans give him credit for. Drum, uh, I know that he struggled at times after getting hurt in the first game of the season last year and coming back, and maybe never quite got back to where we expected him to be, but. You're seeing it now. You've been seeing it in training camp. You see it in practice. You see it in the preseason games. This dude is crazy talented. And with a full offseason to work with the team, to be completely healthy, he is a potential game changer at that position. And and like you said, John... Game changer is a great word. Yeah. I don't think people understand that. He's yeah. that good. And, and you've seen it with the closing speed. You've seen the ability to, to stick with guys. It is so impressive. And on top of that, I think that when you look at kind of the, the way the situation shakes out... Ronald Darby's the best cornerback on this team right now. So uh, I am so with you. And again, look, I always trust Howie to maneuver the cap and to figure all those things out. But I think that if Ronald Darby comes out and plays like we're expecting him to right now, I think it's going to be really hard not to resign him because he's going to be one of the better cornerbacks in football, potentially. Interesting to note as well, even though that Jalen Mills didn't go last night, they still kept Sidney Jones in the slot, at least to start. So I think that's going to be uh, the, where it ends up going. That's mm-hmm. pretty much that's fine by me. I think we've been saying for a long time, get all three of those guys on the field however you can and go from there. So Ronald Darby had an excellent game. Our boy Shelton Gibson as well. Holy crap. Star of the game, Woo! Shelton Gibson. We were uh, on the pregame show at Chickies and Pete's yesterday. We were talking about how we felt very good about him making the roster. Yeah. Lock it in. It's, write it's it done. In marker in pen, whatever you want to say. Shelton Gibson is on this roster. He's not going to play in the fourth preseason game. Nor should he. No, I mean, he's on the roster. And, and honestly... He might have surpassed Mac Collins on the depth chart, ah, at least from a this. wide receiver I perspective. Keep, listen, I don't I know that for that. sure. I don't know that for sure because Collins has been hurt, and and yeah. you know I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you're not like, alone. Is all I'm saying. I, and, and I'm also saying that I think Gibson is earning himself some reps. Is all oh I'm certainly, and he gets himself. I think he's potentially more than likely earned himself. And I I saw Shil Kapadia point this out too. Reps in the rotation. Somewhere in the season, I mean, he's a. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think he's earned himself a chance at reps Definitely. in the season. He's got a different skill set than Matt Collins for sure. I mean, guy's a burner, mm-hmm. uh, and now that he's uh, you know just like we were we had said on the previous show, now that he's uh, learning, learning to the run route routes, tree yeah. and, the, and all that, you can see it's just. The consistency continues, and again... Catches uh, everything, too, which is yeah, like, like, what, are you, what, what, what difference happened? a year makes. Yeah, hey, I don't have to think about everything because I know where I'm going. So that was great. Yeah, the the sluggo that he ran or what... Uh, it was a great route. Was, I mean, McCourty, Devin McCourty faked him out of his shoes. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, and his kick returns, again, uh, I have been uh, the most consistent out of this as well. I, I will say, though, let's not jump the gun just because we don't see Matt Collins, right? We don't see him. And that's what's happening right now. That's what I firmly believe. Matt Collins is the guy that is backing up Alshon Jeffrey. And we went from what happened? We were calling Matt Collins Hall of Famer with his Mark Grace-like attitude where he's wearing no gloves in practice and he continues to catch balls. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, uh, Shelton Gibson can just replace him. I'm not buying any of that, but both of them, this is what's great. Your fourth and fifth round picks from 2017 are going to hit. That's so important. So, so important when you have Carson Wentz going to be, I mean, what are we thinking? 28, 27, 26 million dollars? Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's put it this way. What I mean, they'll, uh, I'm sure Wentz will be down to structure the contract, whatever is most beneficial for the team. 
But whatever needs to happen for the headline Carson Wentz, highest paid quarterback in the NFL to happen, that is probably what's going to happen. That's what he deserves, and that's probably what he's going to get. And I'm sure they'll structure it well. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, we're seeing interesting stuff. That Cousins contract, really fascinating with the all-guaranteed money and all that. I don't know exactly what they'll do, but there will be a headline next year at the end of the season, whatever you want to say, Carson Wentz, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Mills, seventh-round pick. Uh, and obviously, you got to hit on the on the bigger ones like like Sydney uh, and the quarterback Barnett, and all that, which but, it looks like you really hit on. Yeah, yeah. And this is even though there's some people that still aren't are buying into him, which is I, I'm sorry, go Trent Benjamin Solak still still reeling as his bad. Derek, Bar- Derek Barnett might actually be yeah. bad takes, which that, is, yeah. is quite funny. That, that is a bad take. Is boy, what oh it boy. Is. Uh, but those are those are equally as important. Um, and you have this this kind of. You have a starter on your defense, and then you have two guys that are rounding out your wide receiving core. Because to me, the most interesting part of this, and, and granted, we're going to break down the game and things like that. But when I look at like next off season, is going to be so entertaining in terms of arguments that we're all going to have, uh, decisions that this Eagle squad makes based on a lot of this stuff. You know. Um, I, I, I have to double check and look, but I don't know where any of those major contracts are. Or you start talking about Brandon Graham and Malcolm Jenkins and where they're going to just eventually have to go and cut. But I will say one thing that they absolutely need to do, and this is not a positive, start circling every single offensive tackle in 2019 dra- draft class because my God. God, I, and I, I jinxed it. I jinxed it. Yeah, you were I absolutely all, like, jinxed I it. I remember yesterday from our pregame show on Chickies and Pete's, one John Bartrid saying, Big V is straight, legit, ready he to looks go. Like, <laughs> he looks like a starter. I was like, he doesn't look like Jason Peters, but he looks like a starter yeah. throughout training camp. And you're going, man. And then it just Rough reverted. Night. It Rough was night. terrible. It was a terrible night for our good friend Vitae. Uh, a, a great... Going back to, he's a great swing tackle that can, in short bursts in five and six and seven games, can handle the job. But uh, this Eagles team definitely needs to start looking at offensive tackles for next year. Well, I think it. I, thir- I certainly think that adding some depth to that position, no matter what, is a is a must. As we've talked about, yeah. that's kind of been. I'm not throwing him under the bus. No, either. no, no, no. I agree. I'm, just, yeah. I, I'm actually still pretty bullish on Big V, especially what we've seen out of a fifth round pick developmentally being able to play what. You know, 10 games uh, two years ago and then another whatever he played last year, including the playoffs and starting in the Super Bowl and all that at left tackle. So I am still a big V fan. I think there's a bright future there, especially considering the the fifth round pick and all that of it all um, and, and kind of being thrown into action twice in two years. But I, I do think they need a lot of depth at that position for the future, because after Lane and Vita, you really I mean prior looks like he's a guard, not a tackle. Right. Yeah. I mean, they don't really have much depth there. I mean, my, you know, Jordan, my is like far Ooh, off. My tie would have been a my tie would have been a great, a great name. Damn. <laughs> um, let's start it now. Jordan, yeah. my tie. Jordan, my tie. Um, well, yeah, because then they can play guitar and uh, and we, we can, can drink my ties and with uh, tropical drinks. Yeah. And all this. Yeah. this is good. OK, good. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think that is a position that that they are going to need to focus on in the next two drafts, really, and really restock yeah. that base there. Is it such an important position, especially talking about we're about to, we're saying make Carson Wentz the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, keep him here forever, protect him too. <laughs> yes, all right, that is an that. important aspect of it all. Because uh, they certainly didn't protect Nick Foles last night. Uh, Nick Foles, not as fleet of foot as we remember him from his Super Bowl MVP performance or literally any playoff game. I don't want to say that he turned back into a pumpkin. But 
He kind of turned heresy. Heresy. <laughs> it's a preseason game. All I'm saying is this is one more notch in the old belt right here for. That's why you trade Nick Foles and you make and develop yeah, Nate yeah. Studfeld. As I'm not we'll get taking into. too much weight, but Nate Studfeld. I'm not, I can't declare that a win. I'm just saying it's it's one more, just one more thing I'm going to put in the evidence box when I approach trial and say, now, <clears throat> now that we are here right before the regular season and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, it's, what, one for six he ended up going? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't great. But again, no Mac Collins, no Aguilar, no Clement. No Pumphrey. <laughs> uh, oh, no! No Sproles, no Josh Adams. I mean, there was uh, the wide receiver. You know, when you're throwing to Aiken, who didn't didn't have a great night either. But, I mean, they were overthrown. They were underthrown. It wasn't good for Nick Foles. Uh, the scarier part of this is him, you know, grabbing his shoulder almost instantly. I know what that feeling is like. Seems like he's doing okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious how they're going to handle the third preseason game against Cleveland because... You can throw Nick Foles out there again if he's good to go or whatever, but it's not really necessary. If, if he needs the reps, that's one thing, but it's not necessary because I, I or do you get the feeling now that there are that Wentz isn't going to be there week one? I'm starting to finally ha- have that feeling. Yeah, well, you know, I've kind of been at least shading more that yeah. way than than you have for sure for a while, and and I still feel that way. I feel like I've always felt that the team will take. Every, every, every precaution with this. He is their future. He is the quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, not just this year. And I think that, I think also, I think Wentz kind of pushed them a little bit. I don't think they ever expected him to be as far along in his rehab as he is and, and as healthy as he is now. But I just think it's the smart play. There's, there's so little, there's a lot of downside to putting him back on the field before he's really ready. And there's not that much, you know, upside. I mean, it's especially if you feel confident in Foles, right. which a lot of people should and do. And again, last night, whatever. You know, preseason game, vanilla offense against a Patriots team that clearly wanted to win a little bit more than <laughs> Eagles no, did. Wait, let's, oh, let's address that for a second. Yeah. Did they really want to do that because they said that they were going to play for an entire half? And to just ramp it up. Like, are you saying that they? It felt like they game planned. It a felt tiny like they bit, more. Like it but, wasn't as vanilla as you always see. The defensive yeah. scheme seemed a little bit more aggressive. Like they were actually doing some things there. But I look. Belichick, well, let me get this in. Real Belichick's quick, not going to. Belichick's not going to give away regular season right, games for a preseason game. But I do think that the Patriots just had a little extra zhuzh yesterday than the Eagles did. I think there's no question. Let me get this in real quick. Hey, Bill. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Hold on, I got one too. Hey, Tom, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was a little odd, but I, I, I just chalked it up to like defense was not playing mm-hmm. great initially. Um, and uh, did you see what uh, Bright Strakes tweeted out and then deleted real quick? Ooh. Felt really bad for him last night. Yeah, the injury so that was a bummer. Went for it and it, you know, pulled up his hand and he just tweeted out, "I can't fucking catch a break," and deleted it almost immediately. So it doesn't look like it's good for him. I and feel I, bad for. Yeah. I mean, look, that's that's the that's the business. That's it the is. job. You know, it is a tough league. We see a lot of guys who, really, even just here, guys who keep coming back. The Rasheed Davis is the world. All those types of guys who are just trying to get on a roster, trying to get a shot. And uh, for those guys, when you see them have those types of injuries, uh, at, at, like where it's in that spot where you know that that's going to screw them. They're not going to have enough opportunities to prove that they should make a team. 
it's really it's tough. It's tough to watch. Yeah, and as much as we might critique, you know, Triggs' role or talent or whatever, like he does work his ass off, and to go from and he seems like a good dude too. You know, you know he doesn't seem like a bad guy. A, no, he doesn't seem it was, well. Except just you know when it comes to the Uber stuff, it's, oh, everybody yeah, just about that. still kills him for that every <laughs> now and again. Yeah. And I'm bringing it that up wasn't again. Great, so I'm sorry, but still, Bryce. But, still. Uh, but between uh, that and uh, you know Richard Rogers, who's looking catching more, tutties. more and more competent as uh, as the preseason and training camp ended and practices are going on here but Richard Rodgers actually might be a pretty decent TE3 here which is hilarious because you know, we were like, talking could it be a decent TE2 it's like oh no Dallas got her tier and he's way better <laughs> yeah, but I mean think about that again last night I mean, you're running yeah. like 13 percent you could have all those guys on the field at once because of Absolutely. how athletic and dynamic Goddard and Ertz are and that's a that's a matchup nightmare if Richard Rodgers can legitimately give you something in the passing game how do you defend wow. that? Especially with Sproles or Clement in the back. I mean, how do you defend that with linebackers, with cornerbacks, with safety? Like, how do you how do you build your defense to defend that type of athleticism at those positions? It's a scary thought for what Doug the the amount of kind of things Doug can do with that. And the obvious of you could really have some interesting red zone looks with thirteen personnel down there. Uh, and even 14, because they randomly were throwing that in uh as well. I was just like, holy crap, this is this is a, the craziest offense I've ever seen with four tight ends me, out here. Give me, give me Jordan Mylata yeah, out there. Pile them all. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. That's what I'm saying. That's what, I'm, the, what we talked about, like you run the old oop de oop. Yeah. With uh, with four tight ends, except Mylata's at the top of the diamond. Ooh, oh, buddy. Oh, 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 come on. Oh, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, that touchdown pass that he got was. First of all, what a phenomenal yeah, throw real from quick, Nate Sudfeld. Can we, I think we're burying the lead. We are. Nate Sudfeld was. Awesome. He was great. Last he was night. great. And again, it's, you know, you're playing second and third teamers for the most part, all that, even though it's some first teamers early on. And got his ass chewed up by Doug. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Sudfeld, yeah. for the most part, I mean, he made some real NFL throws last night. He did. Some of the throws to Gibson, the touchdown pass to Davis, the touchdown pass to Rodgers. I mean, those were like man throws. Those were not every NFL quarterback makes Nuh-uh. those throws type of throws. I, I think Especially that, with the pressure. Yeah, and how about yeah. them just deciding to say, you know, fuck it, Nate's playing the whole game. We don't even care. Yeah. Like, Joe Callahan nope. and Hackenberg, you're not making this team. You're camp arms. Let's give Nate all this work. And I thought it was, it was awesome to see. I'm happy they did that. And then on top of that, I think, you know, whether it's as a trade asset down the future or as your new backup quarterback or whatever it is, I mean, Nate Sudfeld is becoming an asset, and that's exciting. And... Kemsky pointed this out, and I'm I'm thinking the same thing. Like, how do the Redskins look at this and go, "Oh my God, we're fine with Colt McCoy." Um, it's unbelievable. Or we're fine with you know, especially after taking him in the sixth round. It's not like he was an undrafted free yeah. agent or something. You you spent a draft pick on him. We've seen this Eagles team how tough it is to give up on guys you draft and and the benefit. Sheldon Gibson, we just talked about it, not giving up on that guy yeah. last year after the worst camp possible. You bring him back, and now he's showing something. He might be a, a something that can help your team. And that was a freaking quarterback they took in the sixth round and gave up on immediately. That's, and, I mean, that's so bad. And look, I'm. I'm not. I, I've been critical of that his since he literally got drafted by the Redskins because I saw him playing the Big Ten and I go, I don't know what anybody's looking at. <laughs> I remember this. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. But it's the developmental steps. It's it's really looking at. He. I mean, and what a pickup. What a Look pickup. at that. What a pickup. I'm going to grab you off the practice For squad nothing. because our scouts are that good, and they go, okay, we can do something here. So much so that you gotta, I gotta save you on the active roster from the Colts going to grab you, and now you're at a point where again, <clears throat> maybe put a second notch in the old belt here, where Nate Sudfeld needs the consistency 
first and foremost. I mean, he's all over the place when mm-hmm. it comes to that. But when he's on, wow, are those throws really good? And you he's know? athletic. And he he's is. got an arm. And, and uh, you know, uh, you're so right. And now, also, in addition to that, by having him here all last year and keeping him on the roster and all that, you know, obviously all the experience and stuff, but he knows the offense really well now. He, he knows does. what he needs to do when he does get in. He even got in a regular season game that ultimately didn't matter last year, the Dallas game. But um, I-, I think that they have done about as good a job. And we haven't seen the Eagles do this since the Andy era. And we obviously it was a thing. The AJ Feelys, the, those type, Bobby <laughs> Hoying, whatever you're doing, trade them off, get assets, do what you can do, build these guys up. And Hoying obviously signs somewhere else. But um, I, that was an old philosophy that I really liked about this Eagles team was to, even if you have your franchise quarterback, to still be developing those guys and trying to turn them into assets. And that, that seems to be what they're doing, man. And that's the old adage all the time of, I don't care if you have a quarterback, you should draft one every you never year. You have enough quarterbacks. It's like, you know, it's a like, staple of a lot of it's things. It's like in baseball. You can never have enough pitchers. You can never right. have enough quarterbacks. You can never have enough quarterbacks. Um, I think Nate ends up playing a lot of the third preseason game. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have why not? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Why would I mean, what's the at this point? I mean, again, unless Nick and if Nick is totally healthy and whatever. And I think after the hit and stuff, they're like, let's just pull him back a little yeah. bit either way. But let's say he's totally healthy and they feel or he needs full quarter. Maybe, he needs he needs some work. Fine. But yeah, I think I think again we saw it last night. Like they don't care about giving Cal- like Callahan and Hackenberg game four. You'll see those guys yeah, there. Yeah. They don't care about giving them meaningful reps, and game three is meaningful reps. So I'm with you. I think they'll try and get Subfeld as many reps with the first teamers as they can in that situation. And thank God that they didn't get Christian Hackenberg out there because he was supposedly, according to NBC Sports Philly, uh, supposed well, like to get two like minutes 15, left, 15, 20 minutes uh, or 20 snaps. Well, I love how like at the end of the game there's like two minutes left. They're like, oh, we might see Hackenberg yeah, now. It's like, oh no, no. never mind. <laughs> I, well, I was disappointed. I was I demanded to see Hoyer versus Hackenberg uh, just because, uh, and that didn't roll out. Uh, did want to mention, though, before we get away from Richard Rodgers, uh, does have a knee injury, did get carted off. So it is, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Doug speaks uh, Sunday morning, so I'm sure there will be a lot of updates to all the injuries here. Um, uh, Josh Perkins also was yeah, uh, getting evaluated next. on that. We were that. just talking about what an asset that would be. And, it, and it, for what it's worth, it didn't seem... Like as bad as you would, yeah. you know, but still carted I mean, off a lot in preseason and really always a precaution. Yeah, for for sure. So speaking of preseason and and really quickly, um, it seemed like one of the biggest things people were talking about were the the helmet rule and the oh, tackling. God, is it terrible? It is so terrible. One before we real quick get into it as a general thing. Just so people know, for those who don't know, I'm sure a lot of you do, they call these new rules very aggressively in the preseason. Yes. It will be dialed back once the season starts. They just want players to know what the rules are and that they will call it. It will not be as much, but this is a really dangerous rule for the NFL. Uh, I want you to read what uh, my note is on that. Helmet rule will kill the game. Wow, but I want to see how they handle it in the regular season. You nailed it. That's <laughs> perfect. Yes. Yeah, it's just, and that's how I felt. I go, wow, if this, if they are this aggressive, which I don't think they are. I don't think they can be. And John Clark was interviewing Malcolm Jenkins in the postgame show right after there, and they're all saying the same thing. He goes, I don't, how am I supposed to engage my shoulders into somebody without lowering my head? It is physically impossible to do that think about a guy like darren sproles like how do you tackle darren yeah. sproles like how can you get low enough to tackle him without lowering your head if you're a six foot linebacker or six foot two whatever what i mean how do you do that like i don't even understand the physics uh, you have to basically drop to your knees and then just put your shoulders up like, i don't know what else to do and then sproles just gonna juke you and you're gone like i look I, i'm with you man like i and i think that i think the nfl is smart enough to know that 
they can't call well, it, they can't call it this way. Look, the NFL is a disaster and has made many mistakes, but yeah. I'm saying they can't call it this. No, way. It won't no. be this aggressive, is my point. But I think there's going to be instances and there's going to be discussions about it during the season because it's going to come up in a spot where it's absurd and it changes the game. And it'll come up at uh, yeah, just like you said, semi-critical times, a stop on a third and five or a, a third and seven or whatever, and it's just short, and somebody's you know launching out to go stop them and they're not using their head or whatever and it'll just get flagged and this is why I'm I I'll tell you one thing I'm okay with pretty much any new rule that comes along uh I'm even okay with this as long as the NFL wakes up and says you can review anything that's what needs to happen yeah with catches, with all that, I've said that for a while. With, totally with, with, and I think it's an instant. Why review is one? Anyway, why but, is? And I get the timing part of it, the the pace of game and all that. But if one thing is reviewable, everything should be reviewable. Yeah. It's so silly to me. It's so silly. It's to me. the same amount of challenges. Especially, so it's not like it's going to extend the game. Yes, and especially with like pass interference, things like that, where it's these are bang bang calls in the moment with old dudes looking at it with their yeah. eyes on the sideline or whatever. I mean, come on, like we could do better than that. Can do better. Uh, something to consider though. And because uh, even last night there was and it, it's so hard for these guys to just suddenly revert from what they've been taught. That too, man. Since they've been playing it, football. Yeah, you have to change the whole way you go about it, like technique, everything. Which is even though in the first preseason game with Sidney Jones, who I want to get into, uh, I, I did he almost get called again in this one? I, now I can't remember. Some Somebody did in the secondary. Um, and uh, yeah, you just kind of start to worry about some of those things. But Sidney Jones, again, uh, other than... Other I mean, than the Cordell player. Whoa, whoa, was that bad? <laughs> hey, wow, was that bad? We all get faked out of our jocks sometimes. Yeah, it happens. True. It happens. Uh, but, of course, and then I start thinking, and all the tweets come out, man, if Cordell Patterson becomes successful as a patriot, it would be the most patriot thing ever. <laughs> uh, he's going to suck, yeah, all right? He's he not He's not great. It happens every year. Yeah, he just it was a, it was a misstep. Uh, but Sidney Jones, once again... Same thing. Like, you can tell he needs the reps and he needs time, the muscle memory, all that. And to learn the slot more and all that. He's got it, though. (laughs) The talent is clear. He's got it. It's very clear. Uh, Even not on the All-22, even just watching it happen, it's clear the ability, the athleticism, the ability to stay with people, the uh, instincts, too. I think the instincts have been the most impressive thing for... for, I, I knew the athleticism, I knew the talent, but the instincts are so dead on. It's really impressive. Also, just as a reminder, Jordan Hicks is really fucking good at football. And it's the it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing how we kind of started this conversation. Well, won't Shelton Gibson eventually jump the depth chart with Matt Collins? If we don't see it, it doesn't exist anymore. That's how we kind of operate. And Jordan Hicks wasn't a, a large part of the season. And I, I get it. I get it. But Jordan Hicks is so good. He is. He really is. And it's it's talking only about health. instincts, right? Yes. I mean, maybe the best instincts on the team defensively. He is always where he's supposed to be. That's probably been the hallmark, I would say, of Jordan Hicks's career when he's been healthy. Is dude is in the right place at the right time always. 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 Made it's crazy. Uh, made, it's so impressive to watch. And I can't remember who he was on. Just but, murdered him. That was like <laughs> yeah. oh, like I, I a forearm shoulder tackle. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it was awesome. Yeah, like I get. We were at Chickies and Pizza. We're we just were, like, oh, buddy, oh boy, Jordan the Hicks. Whole, the whole restaurant went, yeah. yo. They literally spit out their crab fries and went, yo. Uh, and then ate them again because yeah, crab fries true. are good. Obviously. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you just forget about that. And that was, you know, his coverage skills and his aggressiveness, along with those instincts that you're talking about there, James. That's why it's it's so important. 
um, that we remember that at all times, and he's doing a fine job of reminding us. I'm I get I get chills thinking of him being in this defense full time, not worrying about rehab, all that. He's same way. Like as we were talking about Bryce Treggs, he has that. All those stories that you've heard, and I think Dave Zangaro had a great write-up on him a couple of weeks ago where you're just, he's going through the process, and right before, I think, the first preseason game, he got out there, and he just, right before he goes in the tunnel, let out a little cry, and went on and did it, because you're going through their warmest, and takes so long to rehab, and he loves this game so much, and he's a fantastic person, which you can say a lot about, oh my God. A lot about these guys on this team, but Jordan Hicks is... Will will a healthy Jordan Hicks will change everything? And I know people are going like, relax. It's, you were just n- knocking down linebackers and their importance. Not him. Not him. Not. But if you put him in the middle, and the secondary works out how we think it's going to work out, it changes the dynamic of the entire defense. Yeah, and he's the defensive signal caller when he's in there. Yeah. He's the captain, the quarterback of the defense. I know Malcolm Jenkins, the emotional leader of that defense, but I think Jordan Hicks, the X's and O leader of that defense on the field. You know, the the whole cliche of a coach on the field. That's what Jordan Hicks is when he plays. And like you said, so smart, thoughtful, a good person. And again, smart in football terms as well. Like just really understands the game, understands again where he's supposed to yeah. be. And it's just athletic as all get out. He is, uh, that was a Mike Mayock for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, he is just, uh, he, uh, you're Mike right. Mike Mayock, by the way, not on his game, calling out, uh, what was he? He said they mistook uh, Sidney Jones for... Uh, uh, oh, uh, for Maddox. Yeah, and Maddox it's played well, dreads. too, I thought. It's the dreads in yeah. the 20s, I get it. But um, I, I definitely, uh, I, I'm very excited about Jordan Nixon. I feel like of all the you know, injury returns, we talked a ton about Wentz and Peters and Scholes. I feel like Hicks has been kind of the one that we haven't given nearly enough credit to. That What a difference that guy coming back can make. Yeah, he's always like fifth on the list. Yeah, we, we, people mention Maricos before because they're like the older guys, <laughs> the guys who've been around, the leaders yeah, and all yeah. that. But we forget how great Jordan Hicks is when he's healthy. Uh, yeah, rehab club definitely is a thing. Like <laughs> all a of, legit the, thing, all of yeah. that was like, wow, yeah, we got to get back there. We got to go do this. So it was really nice to see and just to remind some people uh, for a moment, even if it was just for a moment, that Jordan Hicks was uh, is, is going to be uh, very, very important for this defense moving forward. Um, not important about this offense or this team moving forward unfortunately we can uh we can close the book on matt jones matt jones bro <laughs> and I, I can finally oh what a horrible horrible game for i think matt i can jones. finally let out my little secret because uh it was it was deuce who was saying matt jones look out yeah and uh I, i'm looking at him taking a plane back to wherever yeah, he's here's from. the problem john Here's the problem. When you're running back and, and you could say, oh, look, he looks great because he's running the football. Yeah. The other part of the game is catching it. And he was a yeah. truck. I mean, three of, especially the two, the interception and then that last one were two of as about a bad a drops as you will see in an NFL game of any kind. It was, it was so bad, man. And especially in that situation where, Again, we've talked a lot about not overreacting too much to preseason right. games and stuff that ultimately we've seen many times, Patrick Robinson, where things don't look great and then all of a sudden the season hurts and those guys are fine and they get it going. But when you're a guy like Matt Jones, who's coming in in a battle, trying to win a roster spot with you know four other guys or three other guys or whatever, you have to show up. That's when it matters. Exactly. And there's... Nothing but opportunity in front of you, and you're not going out to grab it. Like, that's something you should be reacting to. The same way that we were uh, with Rashard Davis for a moment. I was just like, what are you, what 
What are you doing? Yeah, it was a rough one. What are you doing? It was a rough one. But he had but the he nice catch. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was fine. I but did. that was just, I, and I think I think Mayock and, and Scott Graham nailed it. I think what he was doing was he's a kid trying to make a team news. Absolutely. To make a play. But I'm saying I like that. You're trying it. Better, just, better, yeah. Because it doesn't matter. You might as well just go and try right. something and, and, and make it happen. And everybody goes, oh, you're just, that's non fundamental. I don't mind any of that in the preseason. I don't care. Sure. All, I, I, all my, I care about is if, if Dave Phipp said to him, before, don't try and make a play, just yeah. catch the ball and whatever. But I'm That's guessing, different. And I'm guessing they didn't because it seemed yeah. like the whole night, the way they called the game with the fourth downs and this and that, it just seemed like they're like, we're we're worried about the work we're getting in and not about them or the score of the game or anything like that. And I thought that's, I think that's the right approach. Yeah. Uh, in the same with our, uh, oh, oh, I forgot to say, I was, I almost, it was so close to being true because I said, you know, the only reason why Rashard did that is uh, for Shelton Gibson Shelton Gibson really wanted a 99-yard touchdown when he was going back to the one. <laughs> and when he threw that, if Sudfeld would have let him just by maybe maybe 12 of oh a solid Oh, my God. Yeah, foot, he would have been gone. Zip! Uh, would have been gone. It would have been great. It was great. just a bit of an... But still great another great moment. play from the from the two. That that God, underrated, the throw. The, throw, the throw was amazing. And yeah. the catch was great, too. Like a ba- bread basket that may have thrown in there. Um, I, I, that was awesome. I, I was really impressed with the... Just the Sudfeld to Sheldon Gibson connection was a real thing last night. I hope that continues with uh, Carson or Foles or or whatever, because I know that they've seen a lot of time together. Think it's time to to maybe end the Taylor Hart experiment at right tackle, though. Ugh, that what was, did I say last time? I know. How the fuck is this guy still I here? I know. It's like I Chip was, Kelly's kid or something. Come on. It is so weird, and that's why it's really hard during uh, any practices that you might see or training camp or OTAs that you go, all right, I can... I can see that, but a lot of these are in Shell's shoulders and shorts, and you're, it, it doesn't it's give you a it's proper It's so much evaluation. harder to tell. We talk about this every year when we, we talk about OTAs. We you always start every away. podcast. We're like, none of this matters. Don't let us think that this matters because we know that it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's not going to matter. <laughs> so it didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and Newsflash, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't. So you're going to, uh, th- in the same regard, like what you were brought, in, uh, brought up earlier, uh, you know, there does that when you go, wow, this is because I think even last week we were saying there's a lot of depth here. There's a lot of good depth yep. that's happening, but there's a, there's a few more wrinkles that need to be ironed out uh, beforehand. So uh, I, I couldn't uh, couldn't obviously uh, stop this podcast without mentioning that Cameron Johnston looks really good. Mm-hmm. The dude has a leg, man. A lot of good leg. He can kick. And there was a directional kick. Well, which That was what you want to see. You, everyone end, knows yeah. he can kick. That's been the big thing. A huge leg, but want to see that he could do that that Donnie Jones placement type stuff. Uh, and uh, and he certainly did, and it was kind of spiraling out to the right there. And uh, it was a lot, of, a lot of good kicks from uh, from Cameron Johnston. Of course, uh, missed texture point from Jay Kelly. Of course, like why, why wouldn't it? Why? Why? why it's just why not? part of the game, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Me too. If, I'm if, okay with it. I'll get over it. If you miss one of those and you hit 50 yarders and 61 yarders for game winners, I'll take that. It's trade. Fine. I'll. That's a good trade off. It's a uh, plus two points in the uh, in the column there. So. Uh, anything else that stood out to you here, James, uh, from uh, preseason game number two as we get ready for those? Oh, wait. I mean, I didn't even think of this. I guess we'll kind of see a little bit of glimpse of hard knocks or Eagles on the hard knocks uh, with uh, the yeah, Browns. I forgot about that. That's fun. I a little mean, bit. I don't think they'll get mugged the, up or anything. The big, but. the big takeaway from hard knocks, whenever I watch it, and I, I'm always reminded, and I saw someone tweet this out. I wish I could give credit, but it was so on point. It's like, hey, don't forget, hard knocks is a TV show. It is. That is the whole point of it. It is It is made for TV. So don't take anything you see on it too seriously in terms of, of 
bearing out on the season. Obviously, not just the Eagles, but the Browns, whatever. But um, oh, 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 no, it changed my mind on everything. I didn't tell you my theory. The, oh, I was I was saying to James for a very long time about Baker Mayfield and how I was re- really liked him and him and Tyrod and they'll win seven, eight games or whatever. And then uh, I saw the first episode of Hard Knocks and I go. It doesn't matter because Hugh Jackson's an idiot, and so is Todd Haley. I'm out. I'm out. But we've said that about a lot of things uh, yeah. in Philadelphia. Being on the Hugh Jackson out. bandwagon was definitely one of my oh, wor- our worst takes. There. I want to delete all the tweets. I said, yeah. "Why aren't the Eagles interviewing Hugh Jackson?" Uh, I was right there with you. I was like, "Hugh, what a great football mind." Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll ask this: What do you want to see next? Yeah, or what do you want to pay attention to in Game Three with the, this Eagle squad here? Um, it's a great question. Uh, I think that what you're really looking at is the kind of the the position battles that we talked about. The fourth running back spot. Wendell Small will get a lot of play last night. You want to see potentially Josh Adams get back and get in that game. I think that's important to see. Uh, you're looking at that that bottom of the wide receiver position. You know who's going to be the sixth wide receiver. You know, that's an interesting race, especially if Marcus Wheaton can play, Kamar Aiken mm-hmm. in that spot, all that stuff, Rashard Davis looking good, all that. And then uh, I think that's interesting, the cornerback positions we've discussed. I want to see more Balls be in there, Balls be Maddox, that Jones whole thing. I think you feel good about Jones, obviously, but, and I thought Maddox played really well last night, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. But, um, damn I, that I think, Chris Hogan. Damn that Chris Hogan. Yeah. I think many people have said that. So <laughs> I just think that it's it's looking at those position battles where we're not 100% sure where they're at. That's the stuff that I'm looking at. Otherwise, not too much. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to laugh at the Browns for passing on Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, think uh, I, I like that. that. I enjoy that very much. Um, uh, Maddox is actually the guy that I want to look at the most because I really do love his, like, you know, as a kid who's starting to try to understand the nickel nickel spot as well and um, somebody that's played in and out. The, the reps on the outside have looked really good. So um, cornerback depth is, is great. And the the main thing I want to look at, too, is it's almost Howie time. You know, we discussed that on the preview show. I I want to see where this is going because I know that there's there has to be a move in there somewhere, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to happen either, if it does, somewhere around this, this spot, either right before or right after uh, preseason game number three. So with that being said, thank you for listening to the Go Birds podcast postgame show uh, brought to you by Chickie and Pete's right here on Radio.com and... 94 WIP. Go Birds. Go Birds. You've been listening to the Go Birds Podcast, a radio.com podcast.